it's Danielle, and today I'm going to tell you about one of my favorite games to play that my sister and I call Pretend Bakery. It's really fun because it really uses everything that we have, whether it's toys or not toys, and we're able to combine it. We like taking everything and making it into different baked goods for our bakery. I've made crepes out of felt pancakes with um, tissues inside. One of our other favorite delicacies is rainbow cake. We make it out of Legos or sometimes even magnetiles. We also make cakes with magnetiles with some surprises inside. So when you open the cake, the surprises come out. After it's set up, of course, our parents get fake money and they get to shop at our bakery and come home with delicious home-baked desserts. Welcome to another edition of Play and Art. We're in season two and we're sitting among the red kitchen table with our tea and with our red cups. <laughs> Everything's very uh, matching today, which I, I appreciate. And uh, you were just telling me a little bit about um, my, my niece calling yesterday and it's always really exciting when the girls call and I think they're calling you every day now after the summer. Uh, to talk about all of their wonderful adventures now now at school. So I thought you would tell us, tell us a little bit of that story. I, I think it's fascinating and very instructive that um, children have someone to talk to, and in this case, someone to call. Wouldn't it be wonderful to think of yourself as an art teacher that children can always call on? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and, and that's what the classroom is about, um, um, far more perhaps than teaching uh, um, techniques or, or perspective drawing or whatever, but you have someone there that you can really discuss your great dreams, your ideas, and they'll be on the phone, they'll be in class in, in your case, um, and, and accessible to you. I think that will develop a greater artistic independence and growth and, and uh, um, incentive for them to, to, um, to go on in the field uh, than um, anything else. Yeah, you know, I think there's this. nothing more inspiring than yeah. when kids share what they do at home with you, right? I think that's a, such a huge part of this. And I know in my classroom when I was teaching elementary school, I always had a wall and um, even put stuff in a, a showcase of stuff that they would just share with me that came from home. And um, I think that that was probably the most important to them, those those works that they were able to share those moments, not the not always the works we did in class, which were always shared as well, and they, they appreciated it. But I think um, sharing a little bit of themselves and the, their process and what they are doing at home and their their interests and passions, like Aliza, who, who loves ballet so much, right? <laughs> sharing that with you. To, yesterday, the two pictures of the ballerina were the most amazing, and in our play and art site, 
were recognized by our fellow colleagues, art teachers, more than anything that I've ever posted on anybody's <laughs> work. It beat the record, it rang the bell, <laughs> because it was so exciting and, and such a, um, a, a new way of looking at, at, at a ballerina, you know, so, you know it, it, you, her hands were flowers. And um, um, it, it, it was really from that love and experience, that passion. So if you can really get to the passion of the artist, then the Absolutely. works will will be blossoming. Well, and putting it on Facebook is very validating too, right? I always say, please, you know, take pictures of kids' work, take, have them do small videos, have them, you know, in some ways, just spend a second, um, you know, appreciating their work. I mean, it changes the whole world of a student if you say, you know, I really like your work, can I take a picture of it? Wow, I mean, try that sometime, you know, I mean, it is... It's amazing how they just straighten up their bodies, right, and beam and want to hold it in front of them. And, um, you know, it's a different feeling. You They realize that you appreciate it. And, I mean, putting it on Facebook, I mean, my goodness, that's like hundreds of people doing that for them. So very important. They get... I feel like you get that in music all the time with the with the clapping and the bravos. And in art, we need that too. Oh, absolutely. The recognition. Um the other two pictures that she shared with me yesterday were also, these are examples of authentic, authentic children's art. And we let's not fool ourselves that we're teaching authentic children's art when we're giving an art lesson. Yes. You know, that's authentic adult art. And um, uh, if we can really appreciate it, how I love that ballerina, I'm going to ask her to... If she wants to, I would frame it for her and certainly put it in her room. But this is that the authentic children's art is, is the most beautiful thing in the class. Yet, when it comes to putting it outside, it's probably the most censored because it doesn't look like the adult art. If it, if it looks like Picasso or Mondrian or any of the painters that we're familiar with, then it gets far more attention. Mm -hmm. But... Um, this this is uh, the rooms. Uh, she uh, redesigns her rooms constantly and makes the one most wonderful uh, sketches that she shared with me yesterday of, of her room des design ideas. Um, and she also, the gymnastics. This is the most interesting gymnastics, imaginary gym, a dream gym that she created. I love that. And she takes that once a week, but she takes it more in her drawings, further in her drawings than any equipment or anything that <laughs> you would see in that gym that she, little gym that she goes to. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's, it's important to be based on experience. Uh, perhaps that's a, one big difference in adult art. We can place it on, in the context of social um, issues, um, uh, current events and, and, and um, uh, so forth. But uh, I think children's art is at its strongest when it's wrapped in, um, in their own experiences and their own passions. You know, so how can we get back to that all the time? Which means, again, giving a call. So you're the art teacher who's getting the call and really knows the type of interests, collections, lessons the children take. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, many times I get teachers say, "Well, who, who is, who's really time to care about what's in children's pockets?" You know, why would we want to see that junk? Or um, I have serious work to do in this class. You know, I don't have time to sit down and listen to children's fantasies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really saying you don't care about children's interests. That it's about what you want the kids to do. Um, in terms of, you know, what kinds of things you want them to get out of this lesson, right? Or learn from this lesson the and lesson not about their art. The board. Why would I need to deal with that? <laughs> right. The lesson is on the board. They have work to do. Right, yeah. Let's get to it. Yeah. Uh, that's I've heard I, that many times, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and it's realistic to a point, because when you start whittling down art classes to a half an hour, which many schools have in, in, in mm-hmm. our... Uh, uh, city and and, and um, state. You whittle it down to half an hour. It is a scrambling for time, it and is. you have to prioritizing that time is perhaps the most important skill. Yeah. So, but then ask in your own heart what brings this amazing ballerina drawings to life, and what is most important, and it is the listening to them. Yeah about their life and, and, and dreams of, of, this, uh, of these ballerinas. Yeah. And that's why I advocate so strongly to bring art home, to make the doing part, the time-consuming part, the open time slot, that to be at home. And that really is what helped me in this COVID experience, that I could listen to the students mm-hmm. and they could take time at home to yeah. do the work. It's really, that has really changed because it, it's true in that um, the discussions and the, you know, bringing the work back and sh- sharing it and all of that happened on, on Zoom or Google Classroom or whatever, but the making happened at home. And we've talked about this a little bit before in another podcast. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely changed the way um, home art has been valued, which I think is, is important. Um, and every project... I, and I always tell my students this is a, a great sign of art making, true art making, is that every project looks different, right? I think that's very important that they all don't look the exact same as you're walking down the hall or you're looking at the screen on Zoom, uh, but they're all unique to that individual and the importance of, of that uniqueness. Um, yeah, I can't stress that enough. They had this, the, the important part, which is they had the time to say, okay, uh, I'm going to start now, I'm ready, I thought it out, I collected stuff, I was inspired, um, I went to ballet class. They have the time to th- get started. Mm-hmm. And to think. In school, okay, the teacher's lecture, five minutes time, bell rings. Another, <laughs> um, now the next few minutes, uh, they're going to be making the artwork. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in between, no preparation, thoughtfulness, playing out possibilities, nothing. Just we'll go to the work. Another bell rings, time to stop. So not just these key decisions on when to start and stop, but everything in between runs by the clock yeah. and runs by efficiency. So art becomes a little factory, and um, the art room becomes a factory. Um, and I, I hope we will take this as many other lessons from, from COVID teaching on, on Zoom um, and, and really make this happen. It's not so difficult yeah. to set up these, these home studios, which may be a, a space in, in a closet or under the table. 
Well, and I think, you know, I think we also need to realize a lot of these home studios are being set up, have been set up during COVID. And as our teachers now, our job is to kind of have that conversation, that dialogue with students about what they created and what they're doing during COVID. So, you know, I I have a friend who works for um, a paint company locally here uh, that makes paints. And she said that they've actually like quadrupled their sales. Uh, Michael's, all those places are doing really well because people are actually, you know, buying, buying lots of paint and lots of supplies. And there are projects going on at home. Um, so, which I think is I think is great. I think that's really important that families are doing these things together. And um, I've gotten a lot of wonderful pictures just in my own teaching of uh, not just my students, but the whole family creating things. Um, so, it, you know, I, I think there's a lot of it out there. But now as we, we start to go back to school, how can we kind of keep that energy going is important. Yes. And to, to take it seriously and to keep it going. You're absolutely right. And it's, it's not such a, a large request or, or a major challenge because it can be done. And kids enjoy it because the art we're getting on Zoom is really, again, children's art. Yes, and but I've heard from, I've also, just to throw this in there, I've heard from, from teachers, well, what they're creating is just, you know, not that great. You know, they're not creating because it's not what... You know, I'm giving the lesson on Zoom, let's say it's not necessarily what I what I expected yes. them to create, yes. right? And it's just not that great. It's not, it's, you know, it'll be so much better when we're all in the classroom and I can control it, basically. Um, and I think that's really important because I've had a lot of people ask me about play and the, the final product, right? Um, well, what if the final products don't look good? You know, what then? You know, what do we have to show to parents? What do we have to show to administration? Um, And I think that's a really important question because, you know, it is the kids' work. It is that authentic work. And I think that it's really important to, to advocate to advocate to other teachers, to advocate to administration, um, to write about the work, to talk to parents about the work, you know, to to advocate for a different type of program where not all the artwork looks the same. Look, as a parent, I know if my kid did that or not. Let's just be honest. I mean, you know, my kid couldn't do that, and it looks like all the other works. Therefore, obviously, you know, it's pretty obvious the teacher had a lot to, to say in that. If I asked them to do it again, they couldn't do it. Um, so what's the point of the, the process of doing that if that's all they've kind of come up with is, you know, I understand how to put these five things together and create a flower. Art is steering. You steer a pencil, you steer a brush, you steer, you steer a, any, any uh, supply. And the question is, who is the driver? And how old do children really have to be to drive their own art? I like that. We need to make that into a poster or something somewhere. <laughs> the artist steering poster. Because by the time they get a driver's license, Write that down, folks. <laughs> it's, it's much too late. Oh, this is good. That's really good. <laughs> that was on the fly. That was good. <laughs> no, so true. But really, really good analogy to, to driving. Yeah, it's true. And these, you know, it's, again, uh, the, the artwork we're getting, yes, it doesn't look great, meaning it doesn't look like adult art, and there's still a lack of recognition because it's not taught in art education classes. Uh, there's still this, this <clears throat> um, um, lack of recognition that still children's art exists as a unique art form. 
you know, we, we, we swear that Impressionism exists, we know that Pointillism exists, yes. and we bring it to children gladly, but we don't bring their own art forms gladly to them. Yeah. And it's interesting, because everybody loves that quote, it's like from Picasso or Paul Clay or whatever, you know, about the importance of preserving children's art. I always find that so ironic. I'm like, I don't know if you have to say it. It's probably not true. If, if Paul Clay and Picasso went into school, they would revoke that quote. Exactly. Because they, <laughs> they see school art, which is a, a versions of adult art, mm -hmm. and um, has really very little to do with uh, uh, kids uh, having participated in formulating it, in selecting the tools, the materials, where are they going to work, the surfaces. So they're really making very minor um, adjustments yeah. from what they're given or told to do. So they're not talking about school art. School art needs to change. Yeah. And school rooms need to change. School art can be created and it's perfect for school rooms where you're sitting at tables, working um, on sitting on chairs, working at tables. Um, but when you ask, well, for playing, we need to move the tables, we need to have more space, we need to have the floor, we need to have the, mm -hmm. the entire wall space, the room, too much trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, getting, and getting we, back oh, to Oh, you lose control, I'm going to lose control, you know. Yeah. Well, well again, controlling is who's controlling the steering wheel, you know, who, you're losing control. Yeah. This idea that we're controlling kids, remote controlling kids now. <laughs> to the, used to control kids, now we can remote control kids. <laughs> you're really taking this car thing pretty far there. <laughs> Sorry. You got, you got on a roll. No, but going, going back to what we talked about in the beginning, we were talking about... Um, the importance of talking to kids, the importance to asking about what they're, um, what they're doing at home, what their art is like, to encourage them to show their art. And I thought you might uh, tell the story of, of Eliza that she told you yesterday. Not, not the whole story, but just the idea of the story, because I think it was um, really important. I just, before I do that, I hate to postpone this. Oh. The suspense <laughs> is killing me. Okay. <laughs> yes. But... Talking to kids, meaningful things being said in the art class, record yourself once in a while and listen to what is really meaningful, what is not really standard technical um, renaissance, <laughs> you know, yes. uh, repeated, known, um, and, and, and what, what is uh, good advice, what is good conversation that will help them to gain the confidence to, to, to um, um, feel that they're artists, you know, meaningful conversations, real heart-to-heart -heart talk. Yeah. Um, and then the second is listening, which is equally important. Knowing when to keep quiet, and it's very hard to teach my teachers to know or to do it, to keep quiet, because the 10 minutes, usually a little bit less, is the lecture, which is in front of the class. It starts the class, and that's their talking. Yeah. And the rest of the period is making. So uh, that talking needs to be more than just instruction for making 
or showing them Birchfield or, or um, um, Goya or whatever artist, mm -hmm. and which is really giving them examples. So it needs to be more than giving them examples, giving them directions, giving them how to advise, safety advice. Yeah. How much of that 10 minutes is really, and I would say 1%, None sometimes. It's scary when I listen to that introductory um, uh, statement of students. It's not, first of all, it's not interesting to, to the kids. Second of all, it's, it's all how-to instruction. It's not meaningful art talk that will help them beyond the class. Yeah. We always need to think what will help them to maintain their confidence, their artist self, their choices, their interests beyond your class. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, just teaching at the university myself, I, I, see, I see a lot of intros also, and one of my big things is if you don't show them something interesting, if you're not, you know, sharing with them something inspiring in that first 10 minutes, then you just have failed the intro <laughs> completely. Start again. Uh, and I really believe that because, I mean, you know, anyone can give them the how-to of how to do something. I mean, you can get on you know, YouTube for that. Um, but to really share with them something interesting and inspiring and really get them excited about what they're doing, that's something only, only you can do. I put up uh, three pictures on, um, on our site this week, the Playbase site, a little commercial for it, Playbase Art on Teaching Facebook. on Facebook. <laughs> and uh, the comments invariably were, did you remember to show them Thomas Cole? Did you remember to show them mm -hmm. um, uh, this other remember, artist? Yes. Yeah. So, or it looks to me like you did show them. Uh huh. So this idea that again, it's it's we're working from the start from examples of adult art is a killer to children's art. It Who is. am I? Oh yeah. It's only those people who can pop out of the gold frame, you know, the masters. Well, and this idea that it should look honest. like that. I mean, you know, yeah. I, you and I can't paint like Goya. I mean, come on. It's, it's so unrealistic to start off with, you know, here's a Goya. Let's start to <laughs> or Picasso. Yeah. Let's try to paint like Picasso today. I mean, that's, yeah. you're, you're giving them a completely unrealistic start. And why would you want to? Picasso already did Picasso. He did Picasso well. Like, I don't, we don't need another Picasso, so... <laughs> Do you and I go into a museum and think about how we can lift this work? <laughs> well, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> we won't put that Steal on. Steal it in another way. But not, well, how, can, how can we use this work, do yeah. this work? That would be a dead end and a way to start, you know, a frustrating way to start. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and an impossible way to start our own art practice. Yes, absolutely. Well, these are really important things to think about. Um, since we did not get to the Elisa story, no, I'm going to... No, it's okay. Well, we're, we're done with our time. So I'm going to promise you that next time um, I will have Elisa herself um, do the story for us. And we'll start with we'll start with the Elisa story coming from, from Elisa herself. How is that? I, 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 was, <laughs> I know. You're I very was, upset. <laughs> you weren't getting there. We all know it. Okay. <laughs> Elisa's coming. That's it. <laughs> But there is nobody but Elisa who can tell that story. True. 
in, in, in the most interesting way, a most meaningful, memorable way. Okay. Well, next time we will start with her then. It was meant to be that we do that. So have a, have a good day and we will uh, have a good break and we'll see you soon. Have a playful and exciting week.